Shachtan, an Indo Askelige. Time in Mon Irok the Yen of Chacht Erachor, Agasuligum, a Makan Shaw, Gurfeder Echor, Inuik Kart, Len of Winterfein. Skilti, Fis, Turmi. Tashe Dochretche, Nach Vetok, Ara, Igornamion, and Kestian Echo. Vien Talam again Omgrev, Orkar Nrachtum. Find us on all the usual podcast platforms. Yeah, having my head shoved into the uh, steps of the Ulster Bank in Ranla, called but of a gun put into the back of your skull, that's a moment where you go, okay, yeah, I think this one's up. How does a high-flying academic become one of Ireland's most prolific bank robbers? What I would see is the most important part of this still lies open. I'm Not Here to Hurt You, a brand new series from the award-winning team behind the Indo Daily. That November day, that's where it all, all begins. Out now, wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Rugby World Cup on the left wing. Hello and welcome to the left wing. Coming to you from Tour, Rory O'Connor and Keane Tracy are here. Lads, I think I've reached my limit of finding different ways of saying it's getting close now. Yeah, and it really is. I just spotted just before we came in um, a couple of fans, actually, um, which was interesting. I didn't, wasn't sure if we would see any fans in tour. Well, actually, there's a lot staying down here and they're travelling up to the soccer game tomorrow night. It's interesting. I wonder, are they a lot of them friends and family and stuff? Mm. Because I don't know if you'd have any real business in, in coming here, given there's no games. But seeing the side of Irish jerseys was a sign that, yeah, we definitely are getting close tonight. Yeah, for sure. Eric Conn is our friend here, lads. It is still hmm. so incredibly hot outside. Yeah, and Ireland just held their uh, press conference in the Salle de Mariage, a very grand room in the uh, Hotel de Ville here in Tours. Last press conference I think we're doing there. I think they're moving everything out to the training centre next, next week. And the acoustics oh, I didn't know that. were brutal. The heat was oppressive. Me and Keane went to a cafe to work afterwards <laughs> and we nearly, like we both melted. Like, you know, you're changing t-shirts a couple of times a day. It's uh, it's oppressively hot and it's going to be a big factor on Saturday. But the players, because of their training camps and stuff, will probably be used to it. I was out of training this morning. It wasn't so bad. You know, like the mornings are fine. It's the afternoons where it gets really oppressive. But Which is when the game is on. Yeah, so, I mean, yeah it's... absolutely. But I, I like Bordeaux. Yeah, Bordeaux will be similar, if not mm. hotter. But um, they should be against Romania. Like, I, I'm pretty glad from an Irish point of view that they're not playing South Africa this weekend you know like they'll be able to get through it against Romania regardless of the conditions but it will be tough out there Okay we're just in the reception area of my hotel here just in case you're wondering what the back um, back room noise is Rory you made it out to training again this morning did you pick yep. up anything there? No spies <laughs> no spies um, well she and Conan and um, Dave Kilcoyne were training but there's no surprise there they were doing their own stuff inside I saw a couple of pictures from the gym later on that you know Dan Sheehan was fairly pumping some serious iron and I, like he was kicking balls yesterday so he you know as we talked about like he's look showing very few ill effects but yeah the big story overnight was this spy accusation in the Telegraph in the Telegraph yes but there's no sign of anyone Ireland's training centre we've all been there now it's, it's yeah because we spoke about the security presence there yesterday yeah so there's seven full-time police on Ireland at all times and then during training it seems like the entire local gendarmerie relocates to training and just kind of hangs out and kind of outside their vans and 
they've got two. They've got two full-time security detail at all times. They're one of the high-risk teams. So I think New Zealand, South Africa, England, a couple of others are deemed high-risk teams in terms of terrorist threat and all that sort of stuff. So they have a very high um, level of security. If you walk to the wrong place in their in their uh, in in their training centre, you're told about it pretty much straight away. They're not the kind of guys you want to they basically all look like characters from Jason Bourne I was um, thinking more James Bond I mean I've seen they're the kind of guys who try and blend into the background but they but stick they out don't. Yeah. Well, some of them look like they, they, they could play in this World Cup but yeah, they, incredible a, they, they put you into sleeper hold and you wouldn't be waking up for uh, a long time I think. apparently someone was because there is there's like a couple of weak, weak spots in the defences so there's like a, the, the wall behind if you're tall enough you can see over it but there's like loads of police there and there's a bit on the road where you can kind of semi see in um, and apparently someone was standing I think just some local just stood up on top of his car to look in and they were on, on him like a, like, like a rocket so there's not much happening out there it's, like, it's in a very quiet part of town so, um, so we didn't you, see much this morning but they definitely didn't see any spies but there was obviously this report in the Telegraph this morning uh, yeah so a tier one nation has accused another tier one nation we don't know who's who um, that of spying on, on, on them before the storm I mean it happens every it's a we've had a, you know All Blacks you know the, the accusations of bugging before an All Blacks uh, Australia Battle Cup game. We've had Eddie Jones saying the All Blacks were spying on them in 2019 World Cup. This happens all the time. And we went to an open session recently, and there was a, an analyst from a rival Six Nations team sitting quite close to us at the in in the, in the stand. You know, like this is not you know teams do this all the time. It's I forgot not, about that. Yeah, that was they tried to throw was, us out and said yeah. we were we, we, we were at civilians. Like they tried to throw us out because like we're journalists watching training. We were like, well, hang on, there's five thousand people here, and we know there's at least one analyst sitting close close by us. So um, it's normal stuff. I mean, I, I know of one case in the previous Ireland coaches era where um, a they. An opposition, a touring team trained in, I think it was Malahide or somewhere like that. And they got, Ireland got a a local guy who knew his rugby into one of the dressing rooms, locked the door and he watched through one of those little narrow slits in the in the window, watched the entire opposition train and got all their moves. Ireland beat the opposition on the Saturday. So look, this is not new. It's a kind of an old trope of a story. They're all looking at each other. I mean, what they can glean from a training session really that they haven't seen from their, all, their match footage. I'm not sure, but they're all paranoid about it. It's it's a big thing. I don't know. I don't know about that though, because like, do you remember for the, the England game a couple of years back where the Irish rugby Twitter feed put up a clip from the captain's run and they had ran the move that uh, true, Keith yeah. Earl scored the try from when Jack Conan popped the ball down. It was during COVID, wasn't it? Behind mm, closed doors. 2021. Um, yeah, and like you know, that was in the captain's run. So I think if you got into training on, what are they calling it now? The box office Wednesdays, it seems to be performance the new, Wednesdays so that are box office. That are box office. So yeah. that, that's taken over from this Tuesdays. It sounds like, so if you got a glimpse, I think into one of those training sessions, I think you'd get a fair idea of, of yeah. what was going on. I mean, it's never going to happen for us. So we're going to be allowed into watch well, it, box but, office, except for those watchers. Yeah. <laughs> but did I tell you about the time in, 20, in the 2015 world cup when, uh, so it was after, after training, we went into the team room for a press conference and all the line-out calls were up on a whiteboard yeah. and we had to go out afterwards and it was told anyway to David Oshikon and I saw him then, the media manager at the time, and he said it to Joe Schmidt and Joe's <laughs> face just went white. I can't remember which game it was, before, you know, what game it was leading up to, but... Did they make you they wash just, your eyes out with soap? <laughs> but they just... They, it was, uh, like, that's a mistake that's rarely ever made. You know, well, the, the, In the same tournament, the uh, we were 
were up in the Wembley press room which overlooks the pitch waiting for Joe to come up for cap- or whoever was doing the captain's run and Joe realised that the meeting because it's overlooking the pitch it's, it's the back of the press box and suddenly there was security guards appeared from everywhere putting down the and the reality is that like look there's lads in the media who know their stuff but really watching a training session like yeah I mean by the time the captain's run comes out you know the team it's you're, you know it's, it's the team really that everyone's looking for the, the actual moves and the lineup plays you know, like what we, what we can do with those, I'm not really sure. But it's a it's a paranoid world, the world of coaching. Andy Farrell, when he first took over, I wrote a profile on, on for Saturday about how he's developed as a leader over the years. And he used to name his team on a Tuesday at the start That's of this. Right. It was a real marker. And he said at the start, he says, I don't care. You know, look, people know the team. Anyway, you guys probably know the team either way. Why not get it out there early? But they've changed that quite significantly over the years. And it's it's like, it's fairly locked down at their training. Like we're in for the bit of warm-up stuff and then we're gone you know and that's that I mean that's quite normal it's nothing unusual about that but look you know it's it's I think it's a kind of story that grabs people's imagination but I do think it's kind of powerful of course they're all remember the Lampard and Biel said it was a big yeah, round football about yeah. it it's happening across pro sports it, all the time it's real bit like World Cup bingo card stuff isn't it I yeah. mean we're in week one a, ge- a game hasn't even been on yet and we're already flooding through it there's good a good stuff he- we've got about 10 minutes of the podcast I <laughs> well I did try and ask well I did ask Hugo Keenan at the press conference today what they were working on uh, behind the scenes as it were so as you said we were down at the press conference there in the lovely Hotel de Ville earlier and uh, Hugo Keenan was out uh, to speak to us and I asked him was he kind of excited about the stuff that they were working on in the background and that they're hoping to unveil anyway in this World Cup yeah like uh, we know every team's going to have a good pre-season or a few um, few months together to improve so we know ourselves that we have to take what we've shown in the Six Nations the Autumn Series the New Zealand Series up another level um, because of that, because every team's going to have improved and going to have added little bits uh, and pieces to their game, so we've got to do uh, do the same tours. We haven't shown our best so far um, over the summer, so we want to put in uh, a, a performance that uh, we know we have in ourselves. And um, yeah, if we can lay down a statement doing that, that'd be great. Well, Hugo is obviously going to be starting this weekend. Yeah, you'd, you'd reckon so. I think um, I'm fascinated to see how much Ireland do have up their sleeve. I know Andy Farrell was asked about it. That and he said, funny. Oh, we've got everything They're over their sleeve. Falling out of, it's falling out of their but, sleeves but or something. But there's no yeah. doubt that Ireland have loads, like I'm convinced they've got loads of stuff. Um, even around kind of five metre tap penalties, you've seen how inventive like teams like Leinster, Munster and Ireland have become over the last couple of years. We've seen very little, none of that really around the, the pre-season game. And even so. that try that uh, Hugo scored against France, was it? Yes. That was excellent. Yeah. Like, and there's, there's set these moves. Now, I don't know if you're if you're going to be pulling them out of the bag against Romania in the first week weekend. I'd be surprised, but I have no doubt with how well the Irish attack has been going over the last kind of two year, two to three years, that we are going to see some some special stuff. I think over the next few weeks here. Okay, we need to talk about this weekend, lads. Very quiet weekend. You're not doing much <laughs> travelling, anyway. Uh, Rory, it is quite the weekend for you. Uh, Paris yeah. on Friday. Bordeaux tomorrow. We're all we're all oh, on Bordeaux the train to Bordeaux tomorrow. in the morning for uh, the team announcements. So Bordeaux Forgot tomorrow. Forgot about that. Yeah, yeah. So we're sitting beside uh, Hugo Keenan. I we're think on, on the, the train. Yeah, we're on the train. So we're we're. we're we presume we're not in the team coach but the t- the, Hopefully the, the, they're getting the train down to Bordeaux themselves they're all travelling by train um, down to Bordeaux back up to Tour a lot tomorrow night then to Paris on 
uh, Friday lunchtime for New Zealand France, back to Bordeaux Saturday morning on the train, into Bordeaux for the match, uh, Ireland Romania, staying in Bordeaux that night, then a train down to Marseille on Sunday morning for South Africa, Scotland, and then I'm getting the overnight train back to Paris on Sunday. I've never been on a steeper train before, so... Monday's plan is going to be good. It may not be the highlight of my weekend, but it'll be, uh, that'll be interesting <laughs> as well. Hopefully I'm not with some uh, some snoring Frenchman in my in my steeper train. But yeah, really looking forward to it. Like the, the Ireland game is the least, like I'm really interested to see how Ireland get on. I presume they're going to win, but like of the three games, it's the least impactful, I think, on the tournament. Keane's going to be at Wales, Fiji, and like that's another big game. Like England, Argentina, you need to get that in as well because that's a, a could have massive ramifications in both those team tournaments. So I don't think there's ever been a World Cup that's kicked off with so many big games one weekend and like France. It's incredible. I mean, just, so, such a low key opener, isn't it? <laughs> it's going to be great. I'm like, and they've named their team as well, France. They have. So Dante, there was a bit of suggestion yesterday they were playing a bit of mind games, but Dante is out. So Mofana starts there. It's a pretty good team though. Like even though they're missing the, the bodies that they're missing, like they they've such depth themselves in South Africa have the best depth in this tournament in my opinion and, and it shows we haven't seen at the time of recording anyway the All Blacks um, I know they have a couple of injury concerns themselves but they'll like they need to bounce back a little bit after being humbled by South Africa two weeks ago the more removed I am from that the less concerned I would be for them I think maybe with the travel and all that sort of stuff that, that was just a bad night for them that they can still come back strong and could mug France I mean if they beat France given the controversy they've had all week given the injuries they've had it could really put France under the pump a little bit even though they shook it out of their pool either way but it's going to be just such a great way of kicking things off you know Marseille's home soil the Hakka the French have this like they keep today's a wraparound cover of the Hakka being, being met by the, the French uh, meeting the, the Hakka it just one the of the coolest covers I've seen yeah, for, yeah. very it's slick amazing really yeah cool. so it's it's such a it's an iconic World Cup fixture. You know, we had a final in 2011, the final in 87, the two quarter, the three quarter finals, the two that France won and then the, the one that New Zealand won in 2015. It's got such history to it. I'm really looking forward to it. I assume that to bring it back to us in Ireland again, that France winning is the best outcome for us, is it? Uh, I mean, I think so, but I, you're, you're kind of reluctant to say it because, I mean, when does has any Irish team ever said they'd prefer to meet the All Blacks in a potential World Cup quarterfinal? But you see, we're not on top of the pool in that scenario as well, well which is not a foregone but, conclusion. But I think that you know everything is building towards the Ireland South Africa game, and I think Ireland winning that is going to be so so important to avoid France um, at home because they're just so bloody tough to beat at the Stade de France, which we know the the game is going to be on there if if it works out that way. So. Um, I agree with Rudd. I think there's a lot of pressure on France. <clears throat> Excuse me. And I don't know if much has been made of that. I mean, they've had their controversy this week and okay, that's kind of gone away now because the match is taking focus. But if, if they were to lose, I mean, I think this comes back up. I think if there's ever, like I'm trying to whisper here now because I'm in a French hotel, but okay, there's no one here. If there's, fine. <laughs> if there's ever supporters though who are going to get on, if are going to get on a team's back, it's it's the French. They do have the ability to to turn, and it's going to be a while until after they play that game that they're going to get another proper test. So um, I think it's fascinating the psychology, and it, even the All Blacks like are going into an opening World Cup game as underdogs. It's a bit it's a bit mad, really. So while I think everyone, well. Not everyone, but most people are tipping France to, to win that opening game. I mean, write the All Blacks off at your peril. And if it does, I think it really opens things up and it'll be fascinating to see what the kind of the reaction on the ground would be if oh, France the, lose. The All Blacks are in such a sweet position here. Mm, yeah, like, it, like yeah, I just think it's it's mad. I think back to 2019 and they played South Africa in the opening game and they actually beat them. And obviously South Africa went on to, to win the World Cup. But it's a strange scenario that the All Blacks are such, um, he, I don't know, heavy underdogs is definitely an exaggeration, I'd 
say. But um, yeah, it's fascinating. I've actually. I was accredited to go to the game, but I've had to change my travel plans. Um, so it's a bit of a, a sore point for me. I'll be watching it somewhere in Bordeaux, living vicariously through through Rudd. So I just hope that uh, Wales Fiji on the Sunday delivers for me. That could be a cracker. I, I, I think to go back to your original question, I think I would still prefer New Zealand. I think, but, but whether we want whether Ireland want New Zealand or France to win, like I think the. the it's so open for Ireland's top, you know, whether they're going to finish first, second or third in this pool is still an open question. And as Keane said, it all comes down to that South Africa game. But South Africa-Scotland on Sunday will set the tone for Ireland's pool. And that's a, an enormous game in terms of, like, if, if Scotland can manage to pull her off, which I don't expect, but they have, they, they, they do, they have looked very good in the, in the warm-ups. They have looked good, And yeah. South Africa, I don't think are as good as they looked against New Zealand either. Like, I think that New Zealand were poor that night. And if you, if you let South Africa pin you into a corner, you're, you're gone. You get players sent off, you're gone. But I still think there's weak points in that South Africa team. I, I do think Scotland could trouble them, especially if they're, they seem to be coming in with this kind of, look, we're the third, third best team in this, in this pool. Everyone's writing us off. We've got nothing to lose. And if, the, if Finn Russell brings what he can bring, we saw what he did to South Africa in that third test in the Lions. I know that they lost the game, but he caused them awful problems. And I don't think Scotland will beat them, but I think there's potential for it. If that happens, that completely turns our pool on its head. You've got Tonga in there who haven't, got a game until they play Ireland I think Tonga will cause Ireland some problems I think Ireland should beat that win sorry we should win that game but you could like you wouldn't put a bad Scotland to beat South Africa and lose to Tonga you know so much can happen like the World Cups can be turned on their heads in the opening weekend all the games we're talking about were, you know England could beat Argentina and suddenly be onto a semi-final you know like that's how open that side of the draw is so there's so much to talk about this weekend and so much to look forward to and I think, think even thinking about who you want to play in a quarterfinal, even though it's a legitimate question, there's so many. We, that's a mistake Ireland made in 2019 was that they were like, "Oh, do we want New Zealand or South Africa?" Well, in the end, Japan beat them, and, and mm. it all went out the window. You had to beat, you know, to, to get to the to that stage in the first place. So, like, it, it, there are a lot. There's a lot of road to go in this. I think there's a real danger that South Africa hammer Scotland. I'm not as in from a Scottish point of view. I. I know that South Africa is still missing a couple of players, um, but I think there's an argument that they're even more dangerous than they were in 2019. I think they still have the pack, but I mean, the players that they have they are in the back line, team I, now, yeah. I think so. They're, they seem to have opened up their game a little bit more. Now, I think when it comes down to it, you are still going to see them go to the, the power game and like everything that you think about South Africa is that power, like we saw it in, in that All Blacks game that Rod is referring to. And you think of Scotland's weak point, it is that pack. Mm-hmm. I mean... You, when you mentioned there, you were talking about Finn Russell, their centre partnership has been brilliant as well, but up front is still, I think, where they're weak. Ireland are certainly going to go after them and I can see South Africa really putting the squeeze I, on I there. agree with that. And I, 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 there were times I thought France really had them where they wanted them, but what I was impressed by by Scotland in those, those French games was they, they kind of absorbed those moments, they conceded the points, but they kept coming back. Yeah, they, kept, now, yeah, they didn't up. let the heads mm. drop. It's a warm-up and it's yeah. not South Africa. And France weren't at their best. France looked like they were still a couple of way, uh, weeks away from, from really peaking. Um, which is fair enough given it was uh, the stage of it was at. But like I, I, that that's another scenario that I could definitely envisage happening. But I do think Scotland on opening night could, I think he could kill them. Like, you know, the fact that it's so hot and it's going to be Marseille, South Africa are just going to be better able to cope with, with that as well. It's a big factor for all the games this weekend. You think back to 2019, there was not as strong conversations, but a lot of people were talking about Ireland played Scotland, obviously in the opener in Japan and they flattered to deceive really that night as well. Day, yeah, and yeah. should have lost Japan as well, but I think they're a better team now. No, I think I think so too. And I do, I do think they've played some brilliant rugby, but I think when I look through that pack, I just still think that's where they're weak. And you're obviously as well at uh, Wales against Fiji. Fiji's win over England is probably the best thing that could happen for Wales, you know, because they're forewarned now. 
Yeah, but like unfortunate news this morning that Fiji's out half is it Kalen Munts, is it? Yeah. yeah, is ruled out and he was outstanding. I have to say I didn't know much about the guy, but he was brilliant in that England game, which I watched um, last or the week before last. So um, I'm fascinated to see it. I mean, anytime you can get to see Fiji live is a real treat. And they're being kind of talked about as kind of dark horses, although I think after beating England, maybe the dark horses tags get a little bit uh, less shed, like get shedded a bit more but like it's a big game for Wales obviously but I mean it's hard to get a sense of where Wales are but I mean Warren Gatland and I, I I do feel like we're well certainly I am a bit guilty of falling into the trap that it'll kind of be all right on the night but I still think Wales have a decent first choice 15 but if Fiji can come out and like their first game and put down a marker as well, like that pool is going to be absolutely fascinating. So um, I just hope it's an enjoyable open game. I hope we get to see some of the, the Fijian ropey. If it's going to be the heat, like the, like which we are expecting in Bordeaux, then that's obviously going to suit them much more than the Welsh as well. So I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, okay. Well, as we mentioned earlier, the Ireland team is going to be named tomorrow. Ye kind of had a, a big debate about it. Um, should they go full bore, as it were, or should they um, not do so? Um, I can't remember who, who was who. Or you, he went full bore. Yeah. I, I argued the case that he that he should rotate the Samoa game has may, could change the way he looks at it. What and do you really think? <laughs> like I think I like from all the indications and look, you, you can let, you, you pick up a few things across the week and even the players we've seen from media, Hugo Keen and Caelan Doris did media today. It's going to be a strong team. Sexton's got to start. I think um, a few a few maybe dropped in amongst it just to kind of the, the, you know to, to keep some frontliners back for Tonga next week. I think there is an argument for rotating the squad f- uh, this week rather than next week and going you know week to week then for the rest of the tournament. But I can understand why they would go another way. Um, you know, especially because the second string, as Keane has pointed out in a couple of pieces now, have struggled in big games. And I think Tonga in their first game could be a very problematic outfit to play against. So, um, I, like I, I, I argued the case knowing that it probably wasn't going to happen, but I, like I can, I can, I can make, I can understand why he's doing what he's doing, but I could also see the see the merits in, in both. So, um, but I think Keane's going to win this one. Yeah, I suppose the crux of my argument is I would like to to see Ireland go out as the number one ranked team in the world, like to put a minnow, like let's call a spade a spade to the to the sword, lay down a marker. This is we're here, like we're we're not taking anything for granted. Uh, I think there's a little bit more scope to to rotate in the Tonga game. I agree with Rudd. I think the Samoa game was designed with that in mind, but the performance wasn't great so I would expect maybe a couple of other senior guys to be in the team for next week whereas it's going to be pretty strong I think we, we're all agreed for for this weekend and yeah I mean Caelan Dar- it was a Hugo Keenan Caelan Doris I think was asked about this you know they they haven't quite put a team to the sword well certainly not in the preseason. obviously they were brilliant in the Grand Slam campaign so you'd like to come out and see Ireland score plenty of tries you know I touched on earlier, not quite show their full hand, but, you know, lay down a marker that, like, we are the number one ranked team in the world. It's been a while since Ireland have absolutely hammered someone out the gate, and I'm trying not to be disrespectful to to Romania, for any Romanian listeners, um, if we have any, but they're they're poor. They're really poor. Um, Something Paul O'Connell was talking about, that that does throw up challenges because they're trying to find clips. I mean, they don't know these players I've done a piece for tomorrow's paper and online um, they have a few players who play in the like the third division of France 
a lot of the team play back domestically in Romania, obviously not a strong league. And if the team, which we fully expect it, is going to be as close to strong as you're going to get, then I think Ireland really need to go out and lay down a marker. Yeah, they sure do. Uh, well, we are all making uh, the trip to Bordeaux tomorrow and we're going to have a podcast after the team, team announcement um, at some stage tomorrow. So do keep an eye on your podcast feeds for that one. But for now, thanks for listening. Never miss a kick from the Rugby World Cup. Listen and follow the left wing wherever you get your podcasts.